are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Sapphire Planet. The outer region of the solar system is home to the gas giants and their large moons. Many short period comets including the centaurs, also orbit in this region. Due to their great distance from the sun, the solid objects in the outer solar system contain a higher proportion of volatiles, such as water, ammonia, and methane, than the rocky denizens of the inner solar system, as the cold temperatures allow these compounds to remain solid. The four outer planets, or gas giants, sometimes called Jovian planets, collectively make up 99% of the mass known to orbit the Sun. Jupiter and Saturn are each many tens of times the mass of the Earth and consist overwhelmingly of hydrogen and helium. Uranus and Neptune are far less massive and possess more ices in their makeups. For this reason, some astronomers suggest they belong in their own category as ice giants. All four gas giants have rings although only Saturn's 
ring system is easily observed from the planet Earth. Jupiter, 5.2 astronomical units from the Sun, at 318 Earth masses, is 2.5 times the mass of all the planets put together. It is composed largely of hydrogen and helium. Jupiter's strong internal heat creates a number of semi-permanent features in its atmosphere, such as the cloud bands and the great red spot. Jupiter has 64 known satellites. The four largest, Ganymede, Callisto, Io, and Europa show similarities to the terrestrial planets, such as volcanism and internal heating. Ganymede, the largest satellite in our solar system, is larger than the planet Mercury. Saturn, 9.5 astronomical units from the Sun, distinguished by its extensive ring system, has several similarities to Jupiter, such as its atmospheric composition and magnetosphere. Although Saturn has 60% of Jupiter's volume, it is less than a third as massive at 95 Earth masses, making it the least dense planet in the solar system. The rings of Saturn are made up of small ice and rock particles. Saturn has 62 confirmed satellites, two of which, Titan and Enceladus, show signs of geologic activity, though they are largely made of ice. Titan, the second largest moon in the solar system, is larger also than Mercury and is the only satellite in the solar system with a substantial atmosphere. Uranus, which is 19.6 astronomical units from the Sun at 14 Earth masses 
is the lightest of the outer planets. Uniquely among the planets, it orbits the Sun on its side. Its axial tilt is over 90 degrees to the ecliptic. It has a much colder core than the other gas giants and radiates very little heat into space. Uranus has 27 known satellites, the largest ones being Titania, Oberon, Umbriel, Ariel, and Miranda. Neptune, which is 30 astronomical units from the Sun, though slightly smaller than Uranus, is more massive, equivalent to 17 Earths, and therefore more dense. It radiates more internal heat, but not as much as Jupiter and Saturn. Triton is the only large satellite with a retrograde orbit. Neptune is accompanied in its orbit by a number of minor planets termed Neptune Trojans that are one-to-one -one resonance with it. Comets are small solar system bodies, typically only a few millimeters across, composed largely of volatile ices. They have highly eccentric orbits, generally a perihelion within the orbits of the inner planets and an aphelion far beyond Pluto. When a comet enters the inner solar system, its proximity to the Sun causes its icy surface to sublimate and ionize, creating a coma, a long tail of gas and dust often visible to the naked eye. Short period comets have orbits lasting less than 200 years. Long period comets have orbits lasting thousands of years. Short period comets are believed to originate in the Kuiper Belt, while long-period comets, such as Hale-Bopp, are believed to originate in the Oort Cloud. 
many comet groups, such as the Kret Sungrazers, form from the breakup of a single parent. Some comets, with their hyperbolic orbits, may originate outside the solar system, but determining their precise orbits is difficult. Old comets that have had most of their volatiles driven out by solar warming are often categorized as asteroids. The centaurs are icy comet-like bodies with a semi-major axis greater than Jupiter's 5.5 astronomical units and less than Neptune's 30 astronomical units. The largest known centaur, 101.99 Cheriklo, has a diameter of about 250 kilometers. The first centaur discovered, 2060 Chiron, has also been classified as a comet, 95P, since it develops a coma, just as comets do, when they approach the sun. The area beyond Neptune, or the trans-Neptunian region, is still largely unexplored. It appears to consist overwhelmingly of small worlds, the largest having a diameter only a fifth that of the Earth, and a mass far smaller than that of the Moon composed mostly of rock and ice. This region is sometimes known as the outer solar system, though others use that term to mean the region beyond the asteroid belt. The Kuiper Belt, the region's first formation, is a great ring of debris similar to the asteroid belt, but composed mainly of ice. It extends between 30 and 50 astronomical units from the Sun, though it contains at least three dwarf planets it is composed mainly of small solar system bodies. However, many of the largest Kuiper Belt objects, such as Quoar, Varuna, and Orcus, 
may be reclassified as dwarf planets someday. There are estimated to be over 100,000 Kuiper Belt objects with a diameter greater than 50 kilometers. But the total mass of the Kuiper Belt is thought to be only a tenth or even a hundredth the mass of the Earth. Many Kuiper Belt objects have multiple satellites and most have orbits that take them outside the plane of the ecliptic. The Kuiper Belt can be roughly divided into the Classical Belt and the Renaissances. Rensinus are orbited linked to that of Neptune. For example, twice for every three Neptune orbits, or once for every two. The first Renaissance begins with the orbit of Neptune itself. The classical belt consists of objects having no Renaissance with Neptune and extend from roughly 39 AU to 47 astronomical units. Members of the classical Kuiper belt are classified as Cubanos after their first of their kind to be discovered and are still near primordial low eccentricity orbits. Pluto, which has an average of 39 astronomical units, is a dwarf planet. It is the largest known object in the Kuiper Belt. When discovered in 1930, it was considered to be the ninth planet. This changed in 2006 with the adoption of a formal definition of the word planet. Pluto has a relatively eccentric orbit inclined 17 degrees to the ecliptic plane and ranging from 30 astronomical units from the Sun at perihelion with the orbit of Neptune to 50 ap astronomical units at aphelion. Charon, Pluto's largest moon, is sometimes described as part of a binary system with Pluto, as the two bodies orbit at the very center of gravity above their surfaces. They appear to orbit each other. Beyond Charon, three much smaller moons, Nix, P4, and Hydra, orbit within the system. Pluto 
has a 3-2 resonance with Neptune, meaning that Pluto orbits twice around the Sun for every three Neptunian orbits. Kuiper Belt objects, whose orbits share this resonance, are called Plutonios. Humea, 43 astronomical units, and Makemake, 46 astronomical units, while smaller than Pluto, are the largest known objects in the classical Kuiper belt. That is, they are not in a confirmed resonance with Neptune. Haumea is an egg-shaped object with two moons. Makemake is the brightest object in the Kuiper belt after Pluto. Originally designated 2003 EL61 and 2005 FY9 respectively, they were given names and designated dwarf planets in the year 2008. Their orbits are far more inclined than Pluto's at 28 degrees and 29 degrees respectively. The scattered disk which overlaps the Kuiper belt, but extends much further outwards, is thought to be the source of short-period comets. Scattered disk objects are believed to have been ejected into erratic orbits by the gravitational influence of Neptune's early outward migration. Most scattered disk objects have perihelia within the Kuiper belt, but aphelia as far as 150 astronomical units from the Sun. Scatter disk objects' orbits are also highly inclined to the ecliptic plane and are often most almost perpendicular to it. Some astronomers consider the scattered disk to be merely another region of the Kuiper belt and describe scattered disk objects as scattered Kuiper belt objects. Some astronomers also classify centaurs as inward scattered Kuiper belt objects, along with the outward scattered residence of the scattered disk. 
Eris, 68 astronomical units from the Sun, is the largest known scattered disk object and caused a debate about what constitutes a planet. Since it is 25% more massive than Pluto and about the same diameter, it is the most massive of the known dwarf planets. It has one moon, Dysomnia. Like Pluto, its orbit is highly eccentric, with a perihelion of 38.2 astronomical units, roughly Pluto's distance from the Sun, and an aphelion of 98 astronomical units and is steeply inclined to the ecliptic plane. The point at which the solar system ends and interstellar space begins is not precisely defined. Since its outer boundaries are shaped by two separate forces, the solar wind and the sun's gravity. The outer limit of the solar wind's influence is roughly four times Pluto's distance from the sun. This heliopause is considered the beginning of the interstellar medium. However, the sun's Rossbier the effective range of its gravitational dominance is believed to extend up to a thousand times farther. The heliopause is divided into two separate regions. The solar wind travels at roughly 400 kilometers per second until it collides with the interstellar wind, the flow of plasma in the interstellar medium. The, the collision occurs at the termination shock, which is roughly 80 to 100 astronomical units from the sun, upwind of the interstellar medium, and roughly 200 astronomical units from the Sun downwind. Here, the wind slows dramatically, condenses, and becomes more turbulent, forming a great oval structure known as the heliosheath. This structure is believed to look and behave very much like a comet's tail, extending outward for a further 40 astronomical units on the upside, on the upwind side, but tailing many times that distance downwind. But evidence from the Cassini 
an interstellar boundary explorer spacecraft, has suggested that it is in fact forced into a bubble shape by the constraining actions of the interstellar magnetic field. Both Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 are reported to have passed the termination shock and entered the heliosheath at 94 and 84 astronomical units from the Sun, respectively. The outer boundary of the heliosphere, the heliopause, is the point at which the solar wind finally terminates and is the beginning of interstellar space. The shape and form of the outer edge of the heliosphere is likely affected by the fluid dynamics of interactions with the interstellar medium, as well as solar magnetic fields prevailing to the south. It is bluntly shaped with the northern hemisphere extending nine astronomical units farther than the southern hemisphere. Beyond the heliopause, at around 230 astronomical units, lies the bow shock, a plasma wake left by the sun as it travels through the Milky Way. No spacecraft have yet passed beyond the heliopause, so it is impossible to know for certain the conditions in local interstellar space. It is expected that NASA Voyager spacecraft will pass the heliopause sometime in the next decade and transmit valuable data on radiation levels and solar wind back to Earth. How well the heliosphere shields the solar system from cosmic rays is poorly understood. A NASA-funded team has developed a concept of a vision mission dedicated to sending a probe to the heliosphere. The hypothetical Oort cloud is a spherical cloud of up to a trillion icy objects that is believed to be the source for all long period comets and surround the solar system at around roughly 50,000 astronomical units, which is approximately one light year, and possibly to as far as 100,000 astronomical units, which is roughly 1.87 light years.
it is believed to be composed of comets that were ejected from the inner solar system by gravitational interactions with the outer planets. Oort cloud objects move very slowly and can be perturbed by infrequent events such as collisions and the gravitational effects of passing stars or the galactic tide, the tidal force exerted by the Milky Way galaxy. Nine zero three seven seven Sedna, which is five hundred and twenty five astronomical units from the Sun, is a large reddish Pluto like object with a gigantic, highly elliptical orbit that takes it from about seventy six astronomical units at perihelion to 928 astronomical units at aphelion and it takes 12,000 years to complete this orbit. It is thought that it cannot be part of the scattered disk or the Kuiper belt as its perihelion is too distant to have been affected by Neptune's migration. Astronomers consider it to be the first in an entirely new population, which may also include the object 2000 CR 105, which has a perihelion of 45 astronomical units and an aphelion of 415 astronomical units with an orbital period of 3,420 years. Astronomers term this population the inner Oort cloud as it may have formed through a similar process although it's far closer to the Sun Sedna is very likely a dwarf planet, though its shape has yet to be determined with any certainty by astronomers. Much of our solar system is still unknown. The gravitational field is estimated to dominate the gravitational forces of surrounding stars out to about two light years or 125,000 astronomical units from the Sun. Lower estimates of the radius of the Oort cloud, by contrast, do not place it further than 50,000 astronomical units. Despite discoveries, such as Sedna and the region between the Kuiper Belt and the Oort Cloud, an area tens of thousands of AU in radius 
is still virtually unmapped. There are also ongoing studies of the region between Mercury and the Sun. Objects may yet be discovered in the solar system's uncharted regions. The solar system is located in the Milky Way galaxy, a barred spiral galaxy with a diameter of about 100,000 light years, containing about 200 billion stars. Our sun resides in one of the Milky Way's outer spiral arms, known as the Orion Arm or Local Spur. The sun lies between 25,000 and 28,000 light years from the galactic center. And its speed within the galaxy is about 220 kilometers per second. So that it completes one revolution every 225 to 250 million years. This revolution is known as the solar system's galactic year. The solar apex, the direction of the sun's path through interstellar space, is near the constellation of Hercules in the direction of the current location of the bright star Vega. The plane of the ecliptic lies at an angle of about 60 degrees to the galactic plane. The solar system's location in the galaxy is very likely a factor in the evolution of the life on Earth. Its orbit is close to being circular and is at roughly the same speed as that of the spiral arms, which means it passes through them only rarely. Since spiral arms are home to a far larger concentration of potentially dangerous supernovae, this has given Earth long periods of interstellar stability for life to evolve. The solar system also lies well outside the star-crowded environs of the galactic center. Near the center, gravitational tugs from nearby stars could perturb bodies in the Oort cloud and send many comets into the inner solar system, producing collisions with potentially catastrophic implications for life on Earth. The intense radiation of the galactic center could also interfere with the development of complex life.
even at the solar system's current location. Some scientists have hypothesized that recent supernovae may have adversely affected life in the last 35,000 years by flinging pieces of expelled stellar core towards the sun as radioactive dust grains and larger comet-like bodies. The immediate galactic neighborhood of the solar system is known as the local interstellar cloud or local fluff, an area of denser cloud in an otherwise sparse region known as the local bubble, an hourglass-shaped cavity in the interstellar medium roughly 300 light-years across. The bubble is suffused with high-temperature plasma that suggests it is the project of several recent supernovae. There are relatively few stars within 10 light-years or 95 trillion kilometers of the Sun. The closest is the triple star system of Alpha Centauri, which is about 4.4 light years away. Alpha Centauri A and Alpha Centauri B are a closely tied pair of sun-like stars while the small red dwarf Alpha Centauri C, also known as Proxima Centauri, orbits the pair at a distance of 0.2 light years. The stars next closest to the Sun are the red dwarf's Bernard star at 5.9 light years, Wolf 359, which is 7.8 light years, and Lalandi 21185, which is 8.3 light years. The largest star within 10 light years is Sirius, a bright main-sequence star roughly twice the Sun's mass and orbited by a white dwarf called Sirius B. It lies 8.6 light-years away. The remaining systems within 10 light-years are the binary red dwarf system Luton 726-8, which is 8.7 light-years away, and the solitary red dwarf Ross 154, which is 9.7 light-years away. 
Our closest solitary sun-like star is Tau Ceti, which lies 11.9 light years away. It has roughly 80% of the sun's mass, but only 60% of its luminosity. The closest known extrasolar planet to the sun lies around the star Epsilon Eridani, a star slightly dimmer and redder than the sun, which lies 10.5 light years away, and one confirmed planet, Epsilon Eridani b, is roughly 1.5 times Jupiter's mass and orbits its star every 6.9 years. The solar system, formed from a gravitational collapse of a giant molecular cloud 4.568 billion years ago. This initial cloud was likely several light years across and probably birthed several stars. At the region that would become the solar system, known as the pre-solar nebula, collapse conservation of angular momentum made it rotate faster. The center, where most of the mass collected, became increasingly hotter than the surrounding disk. As the contracting nebula rotated, it began to flatten into a spinning protoplanetary disk with a diameter of roughly 200 astronomical units and a hot, dense protostar at its center. At this point in its evolution, the Sun is believed to have been a T. Tari star. Studies of T. Tari stars show that they are often accompanied by disks of pre-planetary matter with masses of 0.001 to 0.1 solar masses. With the vast majority of the mass of the nebula in the star itself. The planets formed by accretion from this disk. Within 50 million years, the pressure and density of hydrogen in the center of the protostar became great enough for it to become thermonuclear fission. The temperature reaction rate, pressure, and density increased until hydrostatic equilibrium was achieved. 
and thermal energy countering the force of gravitational contraction. At this point, the sun became a full-fledged main sequence star. Around 5.4 billion years from now, the hydrogen in the core of the sun will have entirely converted to helium, ending the main sequence phase. As the hydrogen reacts, reactions shut down, the core will contract further, increasing pressure and temperature, causing fusion to commence via the helium process. Helium in the core burns at a much hotter temperature, and the energy output will be much greater than during the hydrogen process. At this time, the outer layers of the sun will expand to roughly up to 260 times its current diameter. The sun will become a red giant. Eventually, the helium in the core will exhaust itself at a much faster rate than the hydrogen, and the sun's helium burning phase will be a fraction of the time compared to the hydrogen burning phase. The sun is not massive enough to commence fusion of heavier elements, and nuclear reactions in the core will dwindle. In the outer layers, it will fall away into space, leaving a white dwarf, an extraordinary dense object, half the original mass of the sun, but only the size of the Earth. The ejected outer layers will form what is known as a planetary nebula, returning some of the material that formed the sun into the interstellar medium. the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet.